What happens when you are a self-proclaimed sci-fi geek, but your wife hates anything sci-fi? Well, you start a podcast and make her watch sci-fi and talk about it. This is My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. The Grid. A digital frontier. I tried to picture clusters of information as they moved through the computer. What did they look like? Ships, motorcycles. Were the circuits like freeways? I kept dreaming of a world I thought I'd never see. And then, one day, I got in. Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. This is Ro, a self-proclaimed sci-fi geek. I guess I'm a little more than self-proclaimed because everybody that knows me calls me a nerd. Isn't that right, honey? Yes. <laughs> well, don't be so rushed to uh, judgment. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so uh, last week we uh, dove into Guardians of the Galaxy, and for those of you who listened to that, thank you very much. We had a lot of fun recording that. Uh, and uh, we got another one for you. And uh, honey, why don't you uh, tell the folks uh, what movie I selected? Tron. But you know what? This is Tron Legacy, directed by uh, Joseph Kaczynski. Oh, does that mean it's supposed to be better? It's, uh, I don't know. That's uh, up to each individual viewer. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as you know. But So uh, how many Tron uh, movies are there? There's two Tron movies. The first one... Uh, was released uh, again by Disney, 1982, starring Jeff Bridges and... Uh, oh, he was in that one too? Correct. Okay. Bruce uh, um, Bruce Boxleitner. Um, obviously, both of them are, are in this one as well. And it's a sequel. Tron Legacy is a sequel, uh, separated by many years. Uh, Disney did the one-off in 1982. And um, a sequel to what? To, what, to, what more could... Like, what? what else could happen... Well, if you paid attention to the beginning, dear, the uh, explanation of what happened in the first movie was part of the uh, the little, uh, I guess, explanation, kind of the presupposition of, of of the beginning of the film when they were talking about how Flynn, um, you know, was a computer programmer and all that. I'd love to show you and share the uh, original Tron in another podcast if you'd like to kind yeah, of catch up. Yeah, I can't wait. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Tron Legacy, uh, a production value, uh, production uh, budget of $170 million, made $410 million. Oh, my God. And, um, you know... Were again, there any females in the audience? Of course there were. There were plenty of it. females. And uh, females also like sci-fi, not just uh, large, burly men. I don't know any. (laughs) Expand your horizons. But uh, so Tron Legacy, you know, I I selected this one for two reasons. One, because I know you hate sci-fi. And two, I know you hate uh, electronic music. (laughs) Oh, God. And uh, this and one, eighties, and this one has uh, its uh, fair share of both. So, um, you, uh, I had mentioned to you that uh, Daft Punk does the musical score to this, and uh, I love them. I know uh, you have. Uh, I worked little with back- them yeah, at Virgin Records. Yeah, 
But uh, that's awesome. Awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Tron Legacy. So uh, I know you took some notes again. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like each movie, I, I, I don't know if I can handle all the nervousness and tension that I feel when I uh, see you writing notes. But uh, let's uh, start out with some of your okay. uh, notes. Well, I was thinking, didn't you get nervous at my long periods of not writing a freaking thing you know when we were watching it i'm sitting on the couch and i put the pillow in front of me so my peripheral vision doesn't see you (laughs) it hides your activity on the recliner so i don't uh, and i kept thinking i'm not writing a thing right now i can't even think of anything to write and i'm hoping that you're not a nervous wreck so let's just get right into it (laughs) worst movie ever wow that was so hard for me to sit through. Oh, my God. It was horrible. It was um, trying to focus was really difficult for me. I mean, you know, obviously what's interesting about both these two films is that, you know, they open up in real life. And that's kind of cool because, you know, then I'm always thinking about you you saying to me, you know, pay attention to the story, pay attention to the story. And first of all, you know, Jeff Bridges, love him, wonderful actor. I was so excited. Um, but it's like, you know, within seconds, you get pulled into this world of, you know, n- n- no reality whatsoever, Um you know, science fiction, I guess. And I'm always like, God damn it. Why do they do that? So <laughs> I find that odd. It's, okay. it's, it's, I find it odd because I mean, it's a story. It's a story someone's telling you and you open up. Yeah, but it's just... a story in real life. And then all of a sudden it's <laughs> spaceships and aliens and, you know, weird monsters and people that have um, half their head is like burned off and, and or someone loses an arm or a leg and I just can't it's like where's the story so I was excited about Jeff Bridges but then I was absolutely losing my mind that Killian Murphy was in this film and I just thought if he's in this film I'm gonna go crazy <laughs> I will love every minute of this film and it ends up that he's in there for like three seconds yeah three seconds so he plays uh Wait, no, let me, just a second. And let me say that he knew what he was doing. He laughed in three fucking seconds thinking, I'm out of here. (laughs) This is the most ridiculous film. I am not going to put myself through this. So That's not what he was saying. I don't know. (laughs) So he plays a character who is the son of a character played in the 1982 movie. He was the antagonist of that film, David Warner. The actor David Warner played uh, Dillinger and in the original oh, movie. Okay. So he plays the son of the bad guy of the first movie. Um, Is he in that film a little bit longer? No, he wasn't born yet in 1982. Oh, okay. So uh, the actor that plays Wait, Dillinger... if he wasn't born, how did he play the actor? Okay, I don't, I don't think you're following. I'm going to have to write a chart. I'm going to have to draw a chart out. So never mind. Let's get to the next It's the point. left brain, right brain with guys and, <laughs> and women. I don't have a science fiction brain. That is another interesting thing for me because, you know, I I watch all sorts of movies and I absorb them. It's a, like, like, again, it's a story that's being told to me, whether it's... 
you know, sci-fi or drama. I just, you know, I, I just I try to follow the story, scary story, romantic story, whatever. So you're insinuating that I can't follow stories? <laughs> well, tell me what Tron Legacy is about. I have no idea. <laughs> I even... I rest my case. I have written down right away, I don't know what's going on. Um... Starting with where he says, this year we put a 12 on the box. Okay. I had no idea what that meant. <laughs> so that, that uh, staff meeting was about the software company that was releasing an OS, which stands for Operating System for Computers. That I know. Flynn and that company is obviously the uh, a software manufacturer. And right. And they were having like a little company. So... Bruce Boxleitner's character, um, I forgot what his name, but he uh, he was kind of the guy kind of rebelling at the fact that they're selling this software uh, at an exorbitant cost to schools and individuals that right. they should be giving it away. And he was basically asking the CEO at the time, what's the difference between the old version and then the new version that we're now selling? And the guy was being a dick, and he said, this year, we put a 12 on the box. Okay. I I did not get any of that. All righty. Okay. So after that, I have I don't know what's going on. Then I have totally unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> um, the scene where the security guard and the kid are on um, the, the ledge on the top mm -hmm. of the building. Again, totally unrealistic. What security guard would run out on top of a building that's like a million stories high and be on this ledge? I mean, I just was like, oh, God, this is like supposed to be suspense. And I, I don't really understand what this is for. And in my mind, I kept saying, this kid's going to fall. I mean, that's, you know, it's going to be, and then there's going to be some alien creature that's going to fly in. He's going to land on the creature and the creature's going to take him down to the ground and he'll be safe. Instead, he just happens to have a parachute, and the parachute takes him down. Sure. That's not real. You don't, uh, do you know why he did it? I mean, he was, he's, he's the father of the creator of the company, and he was just kind of like rebelling. You mean the son? Yeah. You said the father. I'm sorry, the son. He's the son of the guy who created the company. He's obviously the, uh, the major stakeholder right. in, in this company. He's kind of a passive investor type of uh, character but he went to go and basically release the os for free for anybody that wanted right it. but he was... went with a parachute on his back right because that was that was his plan he wanted to, to jump off the building yeah to make a spectacle of it and uh, as he does every year i guess during these uh ceo meetings okay so let me ask you something what's the a what's the rating on this film like do kids go yeah i'd have to look it up okay because that's the other thing I kept thinking, you know, this is going to, this, so, so this theater is going to be filled with um, 50 plus, 50, a, a, aged 50 plus men and their sons. No, I don't, I don't think it was. No. Well, sons, yeah. I, I guess, yeah, dads and sons. Dads uh, and sons. So, what was this? What my, was you know how I'm always like, you know, don't kick the alien. Don't, don't show, you know, this is, you shouldn't creature. be showing this to kids. And right. I'm so, okay, so like, this guy wanted to make a spectacle of himself and went in with the parachute. So basically we're telling kids, you know, if you want to get noticed, go get a parachute. 
go to the ledge of a building and jump off. <laughs> I don't know if that was the message, but it's uh, rated PG. Oh, see? Oh, my God. Okay, so yeah. then th- th- that brings me to my next thing is... And you know how I used to joke all the time about our own son whenever, like, he would watch Tom and Jerry, and I would be like, okay, you know, a cat cannot get get bowled over by that thing and then get up and walk away. So you can't roll off the hood of a car without being hurt. So the the son, you know, that scene where he, like, they always do that chase scene, Mm -hmm. and then they, and I can't stand when they have people roll off the top of a car, and he's just, he just keeps going, like, you know, there's no scratches or anything like that. Um, And at that point, I do have written down, (laughs) just realize this is the older version of the kid in the beginning of the film. Yes. Okay, well, it took me that long to figure out Mm. that that was Sam. Okay. So that's Sam, you know, he's uh, kind of, uh, he's trying to figure out, you know, ever since he was that little kid in that first scene, like, where did his dad go? I mean, why did my dad abandon me? So that's another aspect of his character and why he's uh, rebelling so much because he's, you know, obviously a troubled uh, kid. Right. And and when he goes back into his, you know, in his uh, little apartment that he had, that boxcar apartment, uh, whatever. Um, you know, you can tell that he's a little bit, uh, you know, rebellious when the other, when Bruce Boxleitner's character, you know, shows up after he retrieves his motorcycle and he heads home. Okay. You can tell, you know, he's kind of a little bit of a rebel without a cause. He's, he's got issues. He's got daddy issues. Right. Okay. That's pretty real. Yeah, but I'm not sure young kids are going to pick up on that. Okay. If you're a young kid listening to this, let us know if, uh, if you picked up on that. (laughs) (laughs) um okay so now i have this is funny that i have this written at this point because i think i'm wrong because then i think things change now i know tron is a video game that uh is uh it it is in the real world it's a video game in the computer world it's a person it's tron so, yes. That's why I'm saying I yeah, think I got it wrong, sure. because then all of a sudden, there's a person, Tron. Right. So then I have, oh, crap, alternate universe, spaceship, altered voices, then more spaceships. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the uh, the liner notes of the film, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Beware. <It's> a <laughs> Disclaimer. Alternate universe. Okay. Can't, Speaking can't... of alternate universe, did you catch... The I guess the 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 principal concept of the fact that all this that was happening was inside um, the computer or inside the cloud, the internet per well, se. Well, I mean, at, or or at what point did you realize? Oh, this is where they're at. It's not an alternate universe. It took se. me a little while, but I kind of suspected that's what it was because this is you know his dad created video games. Sure, and and then. I kept thinking like uh, video games in the eighties, like the ones in his in the uh, arcade in the work yeah, arcade yeah. games, that's a better way to describe it. And I kept thinking, but they don't look like this at all. Sure. I mean, this is completely different. Um But they were covered. You know, they were covered in plastic, everything was dusty. So right. you know, he went back to his dad's arcade, which is the arcade that appeared in nineteen eighty in the nineteen eighty two movie. That's where Flynn kind of got his start. Jeff okay. Bridges, yeah. Yeah. 
um, when the girls in the skin tight outfits came in and you could see their um, thongs that they were wearing. <laughs> their digital thongs. By I'm the like, mm, this is why 50 year old plus men take their kids to see this these films. And they probably are like, oh, honey, um, John hasn't seen the film yet. So I'm going to go one more time. Oh, you know what? Bob hasn't seen the film. Do you mind if I go with him? Um, so. <laughs> That was the, you know, um, typical... Um, By the way, I got you a present from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. Okay. Um, I have, what does this sci-fi fight scene have to do with his dad's video game place? What am I missing here? Is he in a video game? So that's where maybe I started sure. thinking, then that's oh, when is this all in a video game? Yeah. Um, when Sam says, my name is Sam Flynn, I'm like, well, couldn't he have stated his name a couple frames prior and then the fight would never have had to happen? He could have just been like, right away, I'm Sam Flynn. But they had to go through this whole... Yeah, and I think he was confused when he first got there. And he got dressed in the outfit, and then he got, or actually, even before that, when he asked the guy that you mentioned with the half-melted face, does right. um, does Flynn mean anything to you? And he's like, no, I don't know, I don't know what right. you're talking about. So I, I guess he was confused. He didn't know exactly what was going on, so he was trying, trying to figure it out, I guess. And then when he realized, oh, crap, I'm in a game, um, and he was about to... I get get vaporized. That's when he realized, you know, maybe I should oh, say right, my name. Oh, right, right. He was going to get vaporized. Exactly, duh. Yeah, that's that's something that's really common. Okay. Um, let's see. I have here in quotes, I'm not your father, Sam. So immediately I thought, oh, this is like the Star Wars movies. Right? Because isn't some, doesn't somebody in Star Wars have a father issue or someone you don't know who the father is or right? I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, isn't what is Luke or or yeah, Luke and Vader? They are father son. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I thought, oh, this is going to be like a Star Wars, like one of the Star Wars, Star Wars one, Star Wars two, <laughs> Star Wars three, Star Wars four, Star Wars five. <laughs> one of those. Yeah. One exactly. of those. So then I thought, oh, it's going to be one of these, you know, stories. And it's funny because at one point you had asked me about the digital um, animation of Jeff Bridges. Yeah. And you you had mentioned, oh, wow, I can't believe how young they made him look. Yeah. And I said that this character is all digital, by the way. And because he looked like this in 1982, obviously, and now he's uh, a bit older. So what did you think of that aspect of it? I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, his mouth moved like the old Clutch Cargo cartoon, you know, and that I thought was that that led me to believe, okay, this is, you know, this can't be Jeff Bridges, but it was, it that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I liked that. So, um, so after the, I'm not your father, Sam, and I mentioned that I felt like, oh, it was a storyline, maybe going to, you know, uh, be like Star Wars. Then I have, where's the story? Why did Jeff Bridges take this role? <laughs> 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 and 
And then I'm thinking, we need to paint our outside steps before the weather gets really, really cold. And then I'm thinking, I'm so hungry, but I don't, I don't know. I'm undecided. I'm not really sure what I feel like eating. Um, And then I said to myself, I've got to get back into this. I've got to figure this out. Okay. So now I have motorcycle scene still going on. (laughs) And um, for anyone that is a fan of these films, the motorcycle scene is a throwback. You know, when the movie first came out in 1982, they also released a a stand-up video game that had many of the aspects of the film in it. And it was a fan favorite when it came to video games. You know, kids were losing their minds, uh, spending all the quarters, uh, you know, dressing in... in, uh, The the game had a black light, so when you stepped up, uh, if you were wearing anything, you know, white or that had stripes in it, it it made it look like you were actually in the game, so it was pretty cool. So from a nostalgic um, point of view, the light cycles, if you mention light cycles to any sci-fi nerd the first thing that pops in their mind is is this game and and tron so there you go so like when you go to a sci-fi um what do you call them the the uh oh gosh the gatherings yeah your gather your geek gatherings right the psych the sci-fi con you say light what's the what did you say again Light, light cycle you just look at someone and go light cycle well if i would if i did do that they would know they would know Okay. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, I guess during that scene, I have written down, Cora has no hands. Her sleeves are steering the race car. <laughs> and I just, it just, and then I noticed later on, though, I guess it was the costume because sure. she had like black something, you know. Uh, First of all, I'm proud of you for remembering a character's name. So kudos yeah, to you. Yeah, I did remember. Yeah. Well, I tried, I'm trying to write them down now because they get tough to remember. Uh, Quote, I'm sure you have some questions of your own, Sam. Yeah. Like, what universe is this? Why did I attend college to end up here? Because he talks about college and everything. Mm. And then I'm like, hmm. What scene is this? This is after, I guess, the racing and everything. And he's, and he's, having a conversation with his father you know i, I want to uh, briefly mention the fact uh one of the reasons that i adore this film other than the fact adore that, uh, yeah one okay. of, other than the fact that you know it's um it's a geek classic um because of of the legacy of tron the 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 character but you know, you you can ask any geek, and Tron is at the kind of the top ten uh, films of their wow. liking. But one of the reasons that I really really connect with this film is this movie came out in two thousand ten. Um, as you know, I lost my father in two thousand eight. I sat in the theater, and when Sam uh, arrived and uh, reencountered his father for the first time for many many years. I lost it. I want to be honest with you. I lost it because I imagined myself uh, looking in my father's eyes again after losing him. Um, so that's, you know, on a personal level, it, it really deeply connects me with this film. So I didn't know how t- that scene would affect me watching this movie, you know, a couple of years later. And it was still pretty powerful. 
I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It's that, and it's it's interesting because that's where you and I differ so much. I can't, I don't get that emotional feeling from these sci-fi films so far. That, ha- you know, I, I'm listening to him say, "I'm sure you have some questions of your own, Sam," and I'm thinking, "Yeah, like." what is this? Why am I here? This is like this weird universe. I don't pick up on or get that emotional feeling uh, because it would have to be much more realistic for me to feel, to have it touch my heart and <laughs> and everything. I, just, I, find that, I find that interesting. Because I'm looking at these people that are not even in normal clothing and they're in this weird universe and it's alien-like and I can't, it's not real and then his dad reveals to him that he never came home he never came home because of a portal that's correct okay how could you get emotional about that a portal (laughs) but it's you gotta look beyond. it wasn't because of another woman You got to look beyond that. You got to look beyond the portal. I mean, these are characters. That What's are, behind the portal? What does he mean? The the doorway of how he got in to the alternate universe. Correct into the computer land. Okay. So when Flynn, when Sam, you know, when he got the page from his dad supposedly, and he went back to the game, the, right. the arcade. He uh, he found that secret door behind the Tron arcade game. He went in, and uh, there was a computer still running. So that was the computer that the world was in. Um, you saw him dust off the screen. He right. did a couple of uh, and all I kept strokes. thinking was that I wanted him to wash his hands. <laughs> exactly, um, but uh, you know, if you read the screen, there were some things that were happening, some commands that um, that were happening that. Um, basically transported Sam into the computer. And then that's when that abrupt, um, you know, effect came. And then, you know, he's still in that room, but it's it looks different. And then he runs out. Right. And then that's when, that's when he realizes what the hell happened. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, for me, you know, characters are characters. It doesn't matter whether they have blue hair or, you know, riding in a spaceship. I think... To me, I connect with the humanity of these otherworldly characters and situations. I guess I, I just, I don't know. It's hard for me to do that. And then I'm looking here at my notes right after he says, I'm sure you have some questions of your own. And then his dad never came home because of a portal. And then somebody says, I really think you should consider your father's wisdom. And I'm like, he left his son. What wisdom? What is he talking about? He left his son. So what was the wisdom? Where's What's the wisdom that, that the father has or is supposed to have in this film? He was concerned that Clue would find the portal and go into the real world. And uh, as you saw later in the film, he was creating an army to go to the real world and take over he uh flynn has a line that says what's you know i created him to create the perfect world and if he gets loose in our world what's more imperfect than our world he's going to just decimate it so that's one of the reasons he wanted to he needed to stay because if he left then clue would follow him and it would be a detrimental to the world 
Wow, you really do pick up on this stuff. My next comment is, I feel like Jeff Bridges is barefoot in other films, too. (laughs) (laughs) That is true. He plays, obviously, these characters that are, you know, free spirit. Uh, You know, there's a line in there, and he's like, "Mm, Sam, you're messing with my Zen thing. Oh, that was the other thing I've got that I have. Okay, so I have down at the bottom here, let's split, man. And I'm thinking that's not very futuristic lingo. Again, you know, you're you're mixing sci-fi with future. It's you know they're not in the future. They're just they're in the present. They just happen to be in in this computer. But uh, okay. yeah, I mean Jeff Bridges, you know, he loves to play these types of characters, and I think he brings a little bit of that free spirit, you know, hippie style to each character. He, you know, the Big Lebowski. He was yep. doing the same thing. So. Um, you know, it's with this character for sure. You know, he's a computer programmer, free spirit, you know, hippie from, you know, the, the earlier film. Um, so yeah, you know, he was out to change the world, man. Right, man. Change the human condition. I can dig it. Uh, next, the eighties club clubbing (laughs) clubs. So was that Gary Newman, the the um, 80s British artist that played that character? No, let me see. It was... Oh, I thought, I thought that was him. him. The, you, mean, you mean the guy that had the glow stick? The club the, owner? The, the Brit- yeah, he had white hair. The British yeah. guy. I thought that was him. Let me I didn't know who that was. That split uh, man. Michael Sheen. Oh, okay. Okay. And again, you've seen him in some other stuff, some BBC things. Um, I'm sure you have. All right, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't have, I got to be honest with you, I don't have much left because... You fell asleep? (laughs) No, fall asleep. Are you kidding me? I couldn't sleep. I I was so antsy. It was incredible. Uh, Jeff Bridges checks Cora says she's stable but she's missing half an arm and her eyes are struck wide open and i thought how could she be stable she's got to be dead oh wait she all she needed was a new chip in her back now she miraculously grew back her arm and she's alive (laughs) hey kids that doesn't really happen in the real world people know that people know that but I mean, it depends on the age of the kid. And then the other thing I'm thinking too is even if you have like a teenager and you're there, don't you have to like keep saying to the kid, this is what's happening, this is what's happening, this means this, that means that. I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, I, what's I think he, if you're not into sci-fi and you're not following these extra uh, elements of the story, I, 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 I could imagine that it's difficult. For someone like you, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you know, it, so my it, brain is like a teenager. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of the things that you have to remember, it, I mean, in that scene, um, Cora, yes, she had her wi- eyes, you know, wide open. She was missing half her arm, but Jeff Bridges, uh, Flynn, 
was accessing her DNA. You can see the graphics, and he was kind of looking, and he was saying, wow, this this programming is so complex. It's uh, it's beyond me. I mean, you know, the, the ISOs, uh, you know, self-manifested, and this is, like, so complex. So he was looking for DNA-type information. He found the... Uh, the culprit, you saw him pick it up, and then he just kind of tossed it away, and, and that little bit of computer information joined the rest of whatever. And that was the that was the rogue programming element that allowed, you know, the, to, when it was taken out, it allowed Cora to kind of reheal and re... You know, it's like cutting the arm off of a starfish. It's going to grow back. Mm-hmm. So, you know... It's, but that's it's, a starfish. <laughs> <laughs> That's so unrealistic. I mean, that's not a good explanation for a child. <laughs> uh, let's see. There was a really nice, solemn moment between the father and son, and I thought, oh, it's over. Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> well, at least this time, you only had one of those moments. I think during Guardians of the Galaxy, there might have been three. Oh, well, well, that, yeah, that's a good point. And then... And you're lucky that I'm not having you watch Lord of the Rings because there's probably five or six different times where you're like, oh, good, the movie's over. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> oh, good, the movie's over. And then I have, and now I'm understanding why, I have Tron. He's alive. And then I have, huh? <laughs> <laughs> And then oh, I, uh, be, your poor brain. Uh, because I was like, I thought Tron was the video game. So Tron's not the video game. Tron's a, a Tron again in the real world. Tron was created as a video game character, and that's the video game that was marketed by the Flynn Software Company. But when he created Tron, it, you know, he created Tron as a character, as a program. Okay, and that's why in the movie you'll hear somebody being referred to either a program or a user. Right. That I started to understand. Yeah. That I did start to understand. Uh, Sam takes over shooting lightning lightning beams, and all I'm thinking of is testosterone. <laughs> uh, you know, this is, this is the scene for guys. Um and then the next thing, the next note I have is, I'm dying. This is the stupidest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> wow. That's too funny. But, uh, you know, I, I want to commend you for sticking through it and writing some notes. Uh, they're definitely uh, an insight uh, on, on, on my part, an insight to your brain as far <laughs> as not understanding these uh, little extracurricular things that are happening in, in sci-fi. It's just kind of funny to me. <laughs> Thank you. I'm looking forward to the next film. You know, I, I, I'm enjoying... No, I'm not sure I'm enjoying it. Uh, I really tried with this one and i have to say that i did better with the guardians of the galaxy this to me was just like a video game like just a like it just did not connect with me at all and i tried and i tried to find the story and then i thought how many more films are we going to watch together as a couple <laughs> And am I going to be able to handle this? Uh, and I'm just hoping that, you know, the next film that you choose, 
is is going to be a little bit different. I I just don't know. <laughs> so no emotional connection, huh? No, I think I had more with Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow, you a cold bitch. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I mean, if we get, let's get some dramas in here and I can really talk about connections and emotion and but a lot of that stuff. But the show's not called My Wife Loves Dramas. Right. But maybe we'll do that. Definitely. That would be great. But uh, again, uh, Jeannie, thank you very much for joining me. Uh, My pleasure. To, to talk to, uh, to you about Sci-Fi and Tron Legacy, 2010 film uh, released by Disney back in the day, directed by Joseph Kaczynski. Um, but yeah, who knows? Uh, we'll pick another film. We'll watch that. And uh, I will definitely continue to put a pillow in between us so I don't see you writing notes. Right. Um, because, uh, it's nerve wracking. I understand. And, you know, I'm trying to be a really decent wife by participating and I'm holding back on swear words, uh, and things like that. So I, I, as I said, I look forward to the next film. Excellent. And we look forward to your reaction. Thank you everybody for joining us on My Wife Hates Sci-Fi. 